Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We're going to be talking about the Real Houses of Orange County in just a minute and the Real Houses of Dallas. On Dallas, there was a haunted house situation. I'm declaring that a Halloween episode. I'm adding it to canon. I'm hoping hoping it'll join the Freeform lineup next season. But for now, uh, it definitely was a haunted house situation going on in there. And it reminded me of a time I went to a haunted house, so bear with me for a second. Not technically a haunted house, but when I was in college... I spent my first two years of college at Ohio University, OU, and there's a place nearby campus called The Ridges, at least when I was going to school, there there was, and it was known to be very haunted, like one of the most haunted places in the U.S. It was truly like a terrifying place because it was just completely abandoned, and one night, a group of friends and I decided to go up to The Ridges, and The Ridges, I like looked it up beforehand because I wanted to give you guys the proper information, and... It was formerly the Athens Lunatic Asylum, and it was a mental hospital. So during its operation, the hospital provided services to a variety of patients, including Civil War veterans, children, and those declared mon- mentally unwell. And then when it was abandoned, there was like still deaths in there, and it was had a lot of asbestos, so I think they couldn't tear it down. It's since been torn down. But it became a place that OU students would go to just to see if it was haunted. And so one night, a group of friends and I, our freshman year of college, decided to go up to the ridges. And that's something I would never do now, right? I would never go to a haunted place now. (laughs) I'm scared of my own shadow. Like, I'm not interested in going to a haunted place. But when I was a freshman in college, I was doing things that I don't do anymore. I was dating women back then. So, you know, that tells you how different things were for Danny. But I decided to go with some friends. And we were a little bit scared. But when you're that young, you just have big gunnets. You know, you do things that you wouldn't we wouldn't do now. And you're supposed to be dumb and stupid and all that when you're young. But we went with an RA because none of us had a car and you had to drive up there. So we went with an RA who had a car and she was like kind of, she was a little bit, a little bit lame. And uh, we all were, but she was like very uptight and very by the book, but we did convince her to use her car and then go up to the ridges. And she had a flashlight. Her name was Jill. Not my best friend, Jill, but another Jill. And I went with my friend Tina and Kenny and a group of us. And so we went up there. We had one flashlight amongst five of us, and Jill had it. And so we go up to this very abandoned hillside. We get out of the car, and we start walking to this abandoned building. We see, like, children's desks, and there's no lights, and it's nighttime and dark. We had one flashlight, and no people are near. It's very kind of outside of campus or not directly on campus. Totally haunted. It's been on plenty of TV shows. If you turn on the Sci-Fi Network, you might have seen it. But uh, so we're going around the ridges, and we're all really scared. And Jill's holding the flashlight, and then a police ends up coming. They must have seen our car go up, and so then they come up, and a, a police officer exits his car, and he puts a flashlight on us, and we all are scared shitless at this point because we we're already scared from this abandoned mental institution. Then a police officer shines her light on us, and then Jill, like, literally, like, she literally, poop. This is gross. I apologize. She, like, she pooped her pants. And, of course, it was a terrifying moment. And she thought in the moment that the police officers were, like, pulling firearms on us. Now, they weren't, because they were used to this. Kids would go up to this campus all the time, so college students would always be traveling up to this ridges. So, I think it was, like, pretty standard every night there was a police officer on duty who had to, like, grab some 18-year-olds and pull them off the ridges, or pull them out of this abandoned building. But Jill was an RA, so she was, like, so by the book and everything. So, she she goes in her pants a little bit, (laughs) and then... She thinks that the police officers have a a gun pointed on us, which they don't. They had a flashlight pointed on us. But so Jill, you know, she 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 goes and then she throws her hands up 
as if like the police officer saying like throw your hands up and they didn't <laughs> the police officer didn't say anything but jill's eyes go real wide she poops her pants and she's scared literally shitless and uh she puts her hands up in there one hand has a flashlight in it the other hand is free and then the police officer's like hey guys what are you doing and we're laughing at jill so the rest of us are all looking at jill like jill settle down <laughs> you're good chill out whatever so then she's doing this thing where she's like miming with her free hand that she's gonna set down the flashlight and we're all laughing so hard even the police officer is cracking a smile at this point because jill is taking it so seriously which which rightfully so you know when you're in uh, the presence of police officer you definitely should take it seriously and uh but jill we heard we heard her go (laughs) i can't even finish this story because we (laughs) laughed too hard but we heard her go and so of course, you know, when you laugh when you're not supposed to, you know, you laugh, the church giggle. And so Jill was like miming with one hand that she was going to set down the, the flashlight and the police officer's thinking like, these kids are crazy. <laughs> and he basically just like, he's like, guys, kids, come on, get out of here. This is not a place for you. And so we leave, but I'll never forget the look on Jill's face when, when she threw up those hands and her eyes went wide and then her pants got full. It was just so... <laughs> I hate to start off the podcast with something like this, but uh, I just had, I watched that episode of Dallas and I was thinking about Jill at the Haunted Ridges. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. In general, I'm sorry about this podcast. In general, all around. But uh, I think they got rid of the ridges, the empty building there. It's still probably haunted. I mean, it was known to be haunted. Look it up. It's like, uh, there there should be a movie about it because it's uh, very, it was a scary place. They said people would find ghosts there. And students at OU, it's a big drinking school. Kids would get so drunk and then drive up to the ridges or uh, get a cab up to the ridges and explore it. And it's like, not a place to explore. It's like actually haunted. I would never go there now. Never. Never, never, never. But we thought it was a good idea back then. I had the best time those first two years at OU. I graduated from Kent State, but those first two years were, oh my God. So, so fun. Anyway, we got to talk about The Real Houses of Orange County Listen, Trace Amigo, what are we going to do to get this party started? Step it up. What am I going to do? Entertain me. Whoop it up. Come on, come on. Trace Amigos. You guys, I was exhausted by this episode. I was truly and utterly exhausted. I watch a lot of these reality shows, and there's tons of craziness that happens on every one of these shows, but this episode this week with Shannon's party and the train ride to Del Mar... It was exhausting to me. I just felt like it was a lot of screaming and screeching, which I hate to use that word because I feel like women women in general are wrongfully labeled the word screeching uh, way too often, and it's a, a problem with our society. That's a tale for another time. But I do feel, and Emily had even said on Twitter that they were screeching a lot, uh, and I do feel like it was just a lot of yelling and whistling. We had so many whistles this episode, which Gina had said the whistle was like a rape whistle at one point, and that made me a little feel uncomfortable. I thought, it just all around, it was so much yelling. And I know that we've all been in those situations, right, where we've had too much to drink, gotten a little wilder than we expected, danced around. But for me, I was really annoyed with like the dinner aspect. And we even saw the other patrons at the restaurant. It was like, these women were falling on the ground at the restaurant. So I'm not even uh, talking about the dance club, which it's like one thing to be falling and dance, you know, all that stuff at a dance club. But at the restaurant, when Tamara and Vicky and Shannon were on the floor uh, at the dinner table. And here's the thing that really bugged me about it. It was like one of them fell on the floor. Tamara fell on the floor. And then I swear, I felt like Vicky and Shannon, they thought in their heads like, oh, Tamara's on the floor, the camera's on her, we better get on the floor. It didn't feel like we were all out to dinner and one person accidentally fell on the floor, and then a couple of the others just were having so much fun that they fell on the floor. It didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like a natural thing. It felt like Tamara fell on the floor, and then the other two were like, let's get on camera, get on the floor. <laughs> It was just a very, it reminded me of Valerie of Cherish, like what she thought she was, what they thought they were supposed to do on the show. And so that irked me. And then just a lot of yelling and whistling, that whistling by the end. Oh, you guys, I was so exhausted by the whistling and so many train jokes. We had this train storyline of Kelly Dodd and the train rumor. 
And then now this episode, we were forced to just hear so many train jokes that were just, ugh. And Tamara bought all that penis paraphernalia as if we were at a bachelorette party. This was not a bachelorette party. This was Shannon's 55th. 55! She <laughs> At one point, she's like, 55 is gonna rock! Ack! And then Kelly yelled, 55 AARP. <laughs> Kelly could be so rude, but like, for some reason, it, 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 it makes me laugh. <laughs> 55! Ack! She, and then Tamara, uh, Shannon said, we're, it's gonna rock! Uh, but it was a lot, you guys. Wasn't it a lot? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just getting tired of Orange County in general, and so that's why I'm finding the voices hard to hear. But, again, and none of us have perfect voices. You know, people say to me sometimes that they don't like the sound of my voice. I get it. We, you know, everyone likes something different. But maybe, I just seem like a lot of, like, very high um, yelling this episode. It made me really appreciate Emily, which I've been liking Emily more and more each week. But I felt like Emily is, here's the thing with her. I think that she's just living her life. And so sometimes it's not very interesting. Other times her, her storylines are very interesting. I think some of this Shane stuff can be dark to see, but I genuinely feel like it's just her life. And whatever the cameras are picking up, they're picking up. Whereas some of the other women, it feels like they're trying to put on a show. They're trying to bring out the penis paraphernalia. That's hard to say. And then they're trying to do all of these these bits and jokes and uh, guys, I really felt like at the end of the episode, I needed 20 minutes to uh, sit in silence. Matt came in the room after I watched it, like 10 minutes after I watched it. And I was like, just leave. I need silence. <laughs> He's like, what's wrong? Is something wrong? I'm like, no, I just finished watching this episode and I can't hear any voices. I just needed quiet because that's how Maybe it was the emo- maybe it wasn't even the sound of their voices. I think it was the whistling. To be honest, the whistling in uh, adjunction is that a word? <laughs> in addition to the voices, is what really it really did it for me. I needed a ten minute or twenty minute meditation afterwards. So we opened the episode uh, with Vicky and Tamara getting their hair done, and this was when Tamara started those train jokes. I thought this scene was very interesting because it was footage of them getting ready, which was weird. They weren't seemingly properly mic'd, and so they were in hair and makeup before going on a trip or a scene, and that's not something we usually see. Sometimes they'll show the hair and makeup situation before a big event, but it seemed weird that they were showing the hair and makeup getting done before just like a day trip. I thought that was interesting, and I would like to see more of that, because I feel like the women are maybe a little looser, saying things that they wouldn't normally say. So I liked I liked seeing that scene, but that was when we saw all that paraphernalia that Tamara was bringing, which I just did not understand. And by the way, for a bachelorette party, I love when people bring penis stuff. I would think penis straws, for a bachelorette party, there should be dicks everywhere. It should just be penis straw, penis ice cubes, penis gummies, penis suckers, lollipops, whatever you got to do to get a dick in the mouth, I think is a great thing for a bachelorette party. I find that to be one of the most wonderful things about a bachelorette party. There should be, I think, strippers. You know I love a stripper. And I think there should just be penis straws and all the penis stuff you can get. I think it's a very important tradition that we must honor. And again, you know I don't love everything with like weddings and all of that. I think there's too many parties associated with weddings. But I feel like one of the only good things about a wedding, besides the union of a uh, two people that love each other, it's that you get to do a bachelor or bachelorette party and throw some penis stuff around. And I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So then we see everyone getting to this. <laughs> we see everyone getting to this train and Shannon's just yelling, all aboard. <laughs> Again, Shannon. Shannon, I, I kind of like Shannon this episode. I, I'm turning back around on Shannon and starting to like her again. I am starting to get the opposite way with Bronwyn. I do not care for Bronwyn anymore. And I thought I was really going to like her. And I still want her around. She's not a housewife that I feel like is so bad that I want her fired or anything like that. I just feel like I'm not enjoying her. And yeah. Then we see Megan King Edmonds. You guys, Megan King Edmonds is going on this trip, which is such a random uh, woman to bring back to the show. Out of all the women that have come and gone out of the Real Housewives, it's so weird that Megan King Edmonds is coming back. Because she really has no connection with the women. I'm certain that MKE is not talking to Vicky, Shannon, or Tamara. She did not know Gina or Emily. 
So it's just so weird that they brought her back. Like, I could understand that when they bring Gina back, because Gina still seems like she keeps in touch with Vicky and maybe Tamara a little bit. Or Lynn Curtin even feels a little bit more natural. Hell, even Alexis Bellino last week did. But Megan King Edmonds, I always felt like even when she was on the show, she had nothing in um <laughs> nothing nothing in common with any of the women. So it was weird. Although I love Megan King Edmonds. I know that she wasn't very popular, but I thought she served her purpose well and she gave us some of the greatest years of all time on Orange County. She is the one who uncovered the Brooks scandal. And for that I think we owe her our respect. And our admiration. And I don't feel like Megan King Edmonds gets the respect that she deserves for all that she did for us in the reality arts on those seasons of Orange County. She is the impetus for all of that Brooks stuff. And that was three or maybe three-ish solid years. And it was all because of her. I don't think we would have had any of that. I don't think we would have had any of that. And so I'm really happy to see her back. I don't want her back full-time, but I'm happy to see her on this train trip. She was wearing an outfit that was certainly <laughs> certainly could have been worn on Halloween. She looked like Tom Hanks in the Polar Express. She was just... <laughs> Remember that creepy animated Polar Express movie? Uh, I saw that in theaters, you guys. That animation, if you ever watched again. I'm sorry, that's a great story, but that animation is creepy as fuck. It is disturbing. I still get nightmares from it. It was not a way to be filmed. Couldn't they have done it live action or fully animated? We didn't need something in between where Tom Hanks looked like he's going to... That could have been a Halloween movie, too. That They should play that on Freeform for the 31 Nights of Christmas or, or the 31 Nights of Halloween. Because that is a terrifying film. Those kids, the kids look creepier than the adults in that movie. What's going on in the Polar Express? How did that get, how did that get by? And then sometimes you see people or you, you meet people and they say, oh, they love the Polar Express. I'm thinking, What? <laughs> When I hear that, or when I see that movie as part of like Freeform's Christmas lineup, I'm like, excuse me? Ex- excuse me? What? I do not get it. I do not get it. And some of you are listening to this podcast right now and thinking, I love the Polar Express. Let me tell you something. I think you love the Polar Express book. I think you love the Polar Express story. But if you rewatch that movie, the animation is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. And I stand by that. So I, I'm sorry to have to... I'm sorry to have to say it, but now we said it. But now we said it. In the words of Camille Grammer Donatachi, but now we said it. That movie is crazy. Anyway, Megan King Edmonds, I would have rather seen her as a live action uh, conductor, whatever the fuck Tom Hanks was doing in the Polar Express, because she looked dressed for the part. She was dressed for the nines. And then, uh, speaking of dress, Gina showed up wearing a Muppet fur. She looked like Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. Gina's fashion choices are just that choices. There are some very extreme choices. She was doing a lot of aggressive fur work. And uh, every time Gina's on screen, I'm like looking at what she's wearing. And now I'm getting used to the outfits somehow. I'm, it's like she showed up in that Muppet fur and I, I didn't even really blink twice. I was just like, oh, that's a Gina outfit. That makes sense. It was funny to you guys, just going back a second when Megan King Edmonds showed up. She showed up and Emily was there. And Emily's like, nice to meet you. And then the other women were slowly coming, and it was like, who's that? Everyone's like, who the fuck is that? And Megan was on the show for like four years or something. <laughs> Every one of the cast members like, who the fuck is that? Like, even the ones who worked with her for four years were like, who? Who's that? Vicky showed up. She's like, what's she doing here? Who's that? Kelly Dodd. <laughs> Kelly Dodd and Megan, did they join the show together? I don't remember, but... I think Kelly joined as one of Megan's friends, and Kelly showed up, and she's like, who's that? Who is that? (laughs) What are you doing here? Just so random. And then they get on the train, and it looked like it was a a train that people were going on to go to their jobs or to go to other events. And so then this group of women come on the train with their whistles, and Tamara passes out the penis stuff, and she says, you can't pull a train without some dildos. And Kelly was chugging in the background. We were starting off with a lot of high energy, let's say, and a lot of drinking. So I knew that we were in for an episode. Now, normally, I feel like one of these episodes would have been really good, but I I didn't really like this episode, you guys. I didn't. I know I said it was, I was exhausted. I felt like I just like had been shoved in a dryer and then they put it on high, you know, like a washer and dryer. Like somebody shoved me one of those and then put it on high for an hour. And then I got out and I was trying to get my bearings at the end of the episode. I'm like, what's happening? 
my equilibrium was off. Uh, anyway, they all get on this train and they're drinking. Shannon, uh, everyone was screaming, Shannon's pulling a train. And uh, they're making all those train jokes. They were also showing a lot of flashbacks this episode. Did you guys notice? We had a lot of flashback work happening. It was like later on in the episode, we flash back to that scene of Eddie and Tamara in the tub. We flash back to quite a bit. And I know we need to respect our history, but it just felt like we were relying on flashbacks a little bit too much. And then on the train, Kelly was deep-throating the candy. And I was very impressed by her skills, to be quite honest. I thought she did a great job. And I loved that they kept showing the close-up of like the other people on the train. Even at the restaurant, they were showing the other people. And it was just making me laugh so hard, because these other people are going about their day. So I think it was a weekday. And then here are these women just being nuts. Ugh. Bronwyn said she hasn't given a blown job since 97. And, oh, you guys, Kelly's mad at Brian, Dr. Brian, because she said he didn't call her before 5.30 one day, and she was insecure about it. And, look, I'm happy if I have the whole day to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love Matt. Don't get me wrong. No shade towards my boyfriend. But it's fine if he doesn't call me till 5.30 or later. I'll see him when I'm home. I'll see him later. Talk to him later. I've never been one of the people who's like, I need someone in touch all the time. Like when we started dating, of course, those early moments, like you're texting a lot and you're in contact a lot. We would be at work. I worked at an office job and so did he when we first started dating. And we would G-chat with each other like all day. And so we were in contact all the time. But even when we weren't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm I'm worried about her or anything. I'm like, oh, I like my space. I like my space though in general. I do. I do, I do, I do. So then they're almost there and they're looking out the window and they're in Del Mar and Shannon says she dated a surfer in Del Mar. And then they introduce something that's going to come into play later. Tamara says, I think I'm going to vaginas. And so what the producers and editors are doing is setting us up for this Tamara Bronwyn romance, which we've seen time and time again in the previews. They keep showing us this kiss and... I'm very happy that these women are being very open about their sexuality. So I don't want anyone to think that I have any sort of problem with their sexuality. Whereas I think Vicky later in the episode, when she was seeing Bronwyn and Tamara, I felt like she was, I think Vicky even said she was disgusted, but I think she was legit disgusted by these two women kissing. And I want to say that I'm not at all disgusted by two women kissing. I think all women and men should, should date, kiss whoever they want. What I have a problem, not even a problem with, but what kind of irks me as a viewer is it just feels disingenuous to me and it feels a lot like for attention. And so that's, no matter what was happening, whether it be two women kissing or a man and a woman kissing or uh, anything that's going on on screen, I just, something about it, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it is genuine, genuine. But something about it feels disingenuous to me. It feels like we're doing it for the cameras, which again, on the flip side of the coin, it's like we need these women to do things for the camera. That's the whole point of the show. And we need women who are going to be outrageous and give us storylines and give us stuff happening. Otherwise, it's a boring show. But something about the Tamara Bronwyn stuff from the beginning has felt like it's been a little bit for cameras. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I think that they're either one of them is uninterested in hooking up with a woman or not. But in particular with each other, something about it feels a little bit put on. But again, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm totally off base about that. But I feel like I heard from a lot of people were DMing me around uh, about the episode and stuff like that. And it seems like other people were picking up, up on that as well and feeling that way as well. Again, maybe we're all wrong. Maybe that's just, this is just who these women are. But in the same way that when they were falling down at the restaurant, Tamara fell off the table, and then Shannon and Vicky joined in. It feels a little similarly to that, to me, where it's like, let's do something outrageous for the camera. And not that it's outrageous. It shouldn't be outrageous that two women are kissing, right? That shouldn't be outrageous. And then again, I would just like to say, because I don't want anyone to think that I have some sort of problem with women kissing, because as a gay man, I love when anyone kisses the same sex. <laughs> here for it. But uh, it's just an attention thing. And then, like I said, I think a lot of it is because we have a little bit of a history with Tamara doing this a few seasons ago with that other woman. I, I need to look her up because I keep forgetting her name. Anyway, I do like that they're showing two women on kissing on, uh, on TV because that's an important thing to show. 
I mean, we have lots of LGBT people on screen nowadays, but we can always use more representation. So that's, of course, a good thing. So to that, I say bravo. Uh, But then they arrive and they all go to lunch. This poor waitress who had to deal with the whistle. And then they they wanted to talk about Gene and Emily's situation with the cousin, which that storyline is boring to me, and I just don't even care. And I think it's such a stupid thing. I think Emily genuinely didn't know that the cousin had a, a girlfriend. Maybe the cousin didn't even have a girlfriend, but he didn't want to go out with Gina, and so he made up. Or uh, who knows? Either way, it's like a stupid non storyline storyline. And then Gina to say at the the lunch table, I don't want to talk about it. It's not the right place. It's like where is the right place? This isn't something so serious that we can't talk about at the lunch table. Then, uh, so then uh, Emily goes to the bathroom, MKE follows her, and that was smart. M- Megan King Edmonds knows how to make reality TV, so she went to the bathroom, followed her in that conductor hat, and then they talked. Uh, we see them in the bathroom. Bronwyn goes to check on them, then Gina goes to the bathroom. Gina tells Megan King Edmonds not to get involved, and then she says in the confessional, confessional Gina says, who the fuck is Megan? You guys, I screamed. I said, Gina, respect your elders. Know your history. I'm sure you've watched the show. You know who Megan is. Shouldn't be some surprise who the fuck is Megan. I just got mad. I was like so defensive of Megan. <laughs> when she was on the show, I was never that way. I didn't really like care for her on the show. But all of a sudden, I was like defending Megan's honor as if she was, I don't know who. Isn't that the thing with these women, though? Even when they're off the show, I will be watching these women and... I will hate them on the show. And then they get kicked off or fired, and I see them on WeTV, and I'm rooting for them. It doesn't matter who they are. I could have hated them on the show, and then I see them on a WeTV show, and I'm like, you go, uh, Alex McCord. (laughs) There's been enough drama. Like, defending Alex McCord to the day I die. But when she was on the show, I'm like, get her off. But that's how it is. It's like, they, you know, we have a loyalty to these women. So then, I wanted her to respect Megan. Gina tells Emily that she needs to have more confidence when they're fighting in the bathroom. And I just thought, ugh, come on. I'm so team Emily on this one. I don't know what's... Gina's just really rubbing me the wrong way. I feel like Emily's just such a nice person, and Gina's just not being kind to her at all. And maybe we're not privy to some of the information, but it seems like Emily didn't fucking know about the cousin, and who the fuck cares? It was You shouldn't have never gone out with Shane's cousin anyway. Don't go out with Shane's bloodline. That was your fault for saying yes to that. Shouldn't have said yes to that. And it's just not even a big deal. Then Emily's like, get me a car. I want to leave. She wanted to leave. I thought it was interesting that Megan Edmonds was getting a lot of screen time, too. Did you notice? She got way more than Alexis last week. I was proud of her. Then Shannon's like getting mad about this. Which Shannon has been saying a lot lately. Like, I think she said about Emily, we can't go anywhere without Emily being sad or being dramatic or something. It's like, Shannon, that's literally you. Like, we've spent three or four or however many seasons, no matter where you go, you're causing a scene and being dramatic. And I like most of it, but you can't call someone else out of it. Uh-uh, you know? Shannon also at the table was like, whoop it up, Andales, Trace Amigas, entertain me, come on! <laughs> so annoying. Ugh. I was liking Shannon. I say she was annoying, but I was liking Shannon this episode. I was. I was. I gotta be honest. I like Shannon this week. I did. Something about it. She, she was looking for a man. She just wanted to kiss someone. Walking around there. Her and Tamara were walking in the kitchen looking for men. I just liked it. She. I was happy too. Shannon was kissing someone at the end of the episode, and it was at the dance club. So already at a dance club, I think all rules are off. You know, people act like messes. So it's okay. To me, anyone can make out a dance club. I think that's an appropriate setting for anyone to be tongue in anyone. And also, it just seemed to make her so happy. So I was just, and it was her birthday. It made me happy. It did. Tamara and uh, Bronwyn, I was happy when they were at the dance club on each other. <laughs> I don't know if happy was the right word, but I was fine when they were in that booth at the dance club. I was like, you two go. But at the restaurant when they were doing it, everything at that restaurant was just making me feel like they were all just looking for the camera time. Which I normally want, but this episode was just really bugging me about it. Yeah. So anyway, then Bronwyn invites everyone to the fashion show. The the dance club was called, was called Espica, which I don't know if that was another... I, I don't know what that means, if that means something. But they were doing shots. Vicky was not having it. Vicky at one point called Shannon a whore, and then she started talking about Bronwyn. She just started talking about how Bronwyn was making a scene. She started saying all these things about her. 
Uh, Vicky's not into Bronwyn at all. She was disgusted. And I do think that Vicky was disgusted by the fact that two women are kissing and not that it was an attention-seeking thing. Does that make sense to you guys? That's how I read it. But again, maybe I'm wrong by that. Uh, let's see. Um, there was just a lot of, I mean, the whole epi- the whole end of the episode, there was a, a very cute bouncer that picked up Kelly at one point. He was very cute. I would have liked to see more of him, but Kelly's still with that Brian. At the end of the episode, Kelly meets with Brian, and he says something about Jolie. He sort of says, you're spoiling her, or something alludes to that. And we can see that there's trouble in paradise there. Um, and that was the episode. I think it was just the whole end was just loud noises. You know, uh, Anchorman, loud noises. It was like, that's how I felt watching that whole end of the episode. I didn't, I, I didn't like the episode at all, you guys. I didn't. There, I said it. Let's get to The Real Houses of Dallas. We'll take a quick break. Before we take a break, I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. I just did an episode of The Challenge, or I just did a podcast episode dedicated to The Challenge uh, that's currently airing right now with Jordan and Tori from The Challenge. If any of you watch The Challenge on MTV, which I think is a fantastic reality show, I encourage you all to listen to my interview with them. And that show's currently airing right now. Please uh, go to Patreon if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, you could donate $4 or more per month. You get the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month. So I'm, I'm working on the bonus episode for this month. It should be up fairly soon, hopefully next week. So uh, it'll be up at some point in October, that's for sure. And more importantly, the money over there just helps to support this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all who are supporting over there. And what else? We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk Dallas. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Okay, The Real Hustles of Dallas. The episode is called Ghost Busted. I have to say off the bat that I'm starting to like Brandy, which I would have never expected. And I'm not fully there yet, but I am starting to turn around on Brandy, which I never have in the four seasons that this show's been on. I've never cared for Brandy. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I kind of am liking Brandy. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was that cheerleading scene, which we'll get to. Anyway, we're doing uh, an opening uh, here with a montage, which is something we're doing more and more of on The Real Housewives, where it's like we get a little montage of all the women, and then we stop on one woman. So it was like we see Leanne and Rich talking about cake tasting. We see DeAndra and Cameron working out. They're doing a lot of these montages, and then we focus on Brandy with the cheerleading uh, with her daughters. And while I was watching this scene, I thought, why haven't we had a new Bring It On movie in so long? Because do you remember, for a while, it seemed like there was always a Bring It On movie. We had the first one, which, of course, which is iconic with Kirsten Dunst, Eliza Dushku, uh, Jesse, what was his name? The cute boy in it. I mean, we had that wonderful first Bring It On, which is truly a classic. Classic film! Is there anything better than watching Bring It On? That's a good time. Remember that scene where they were brushing their teeth? I used to be so fascinated by that scene of Kirsten Dunst and uh, the lead male brushing, Jesse Bradford lead, uh, brushing their teeth at when she stayed over at the sister's house. It was just uh, such a good movie. Ah, I loved it. Anyway, there were all these sequels around uh, the time after that came out. 
And so I thought to myself, why hasn't there been a Bring It On movie in a while? And so I looked it up online, and there has been one. <laughs> there was one in 2017. So I didn't know that they're still making those Bring It On sequels. I would like them to make like a higher budget one with someone I know. I remember for a while they were doing those spe- sequels where it was like Hayden Panettiere and Rihanna was in one. It's like, let's get some people like that in them. And also maybe put me in it, but that's neither here nor there. The point is we need a new high budget Bring It On. because. I love a cheerleading movie, and I want more. I want more. But we need a higher budget. Anyway, Brandy shows off. She was, of course, a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Brandy was beautiful in this, wasn't she? I don't know why. I'm like really liking Brandy. I was looking at her. I was like, she's stunning. <laughs> she was stunning. I was just looking at her. I'm like, Brandy's really gorgeous. She is. I know. I don't know if I just never looked at her that way or what it was, but for some reason this episode, I'm looking at Brandy. I'm like, she is really beautiful. Anyway, uh, then we see Stephanie and... Cameron. They're meeting at a coffee shop, and it's raining this day, and the editors threw in all this weird music, like scary music, lightning bolts. It was like very Halloween-y, speaking of a Halloween episode. I don't know if the Bravo producers told the editors to just like throw in a lot of sound effects this episode, but it seemed like an aggressive amount of sound effects. And then Stephanie and Cameron meet. Cameron, she keeps talking about that moment when they were on vacation where Brandy was throwing the F word around. She kept saying effin. And this is a whole thing. I want to say something that is going to be a little bit controversial. I think Dallas Housewives for the past two seasons, like season two and season three has been flawless TV. I think it's been fantastic. Some of the best housewife work in all of the franchises have happened on the Real Housewives of Dallas season two and most recently season three. I'm not loving season four, you guys. Now, I don't want to say that it's terrible. It's not bad. It's definitely not bad. We've had way worse. Beverly Hills has been worse. Orange County has been worse. We've had so much worse, and it's still an enjoyable watch. But I'm finding there's not a lot of there there this season. I was hopeful after we saw the premiere that there was going to be more stuff with the Mama D and DeAndra, which seems to have gone on the back burner. And that stuff is so compelling to me. I mean, I've talked about Succession on this show before. I love Succession. Season 2 just wrapped up. But there's so much uh, that reminds me. Somebody had sent me a meme that was like, uh, Mama D is like um, Brian Cox in Succession. Anyway, the point is, that stuff is so compelling to me. And that has been on the back burner. And I look at these women otherwise, and it just seems like there's not a lot of dynamics between them. Like, the Stephanie and Cameron business is not very interesting. It's just not. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of there there. And so, they're meeting to, like, talk about this through, and there's not even a whole lot to talk through about. And so, I think that's why the editors had to throw in the lightning sounds and the sound effects and new music and everything, because it's just not that interesting. I feel like ordinarily they would have edited this scene out, this whole storyline out, but I just don't think they have a lot. Leanne's, of course, got all the wedding stuff going on, but most of these events, they're getting along. Seems like there's something brewing with Carrie, uh, Carrie, the new Carrie, but I don't know. That's a boring fight, the Cameron and Stephanie stuff. Maybe they're including it because later on it gets crazier or something, but for now, it just is a little bit, a little bit boring. So then Stephanie and Brandy meet and they start talking about this haunted house. Brandy says, I'm open to accepting the spiritual realm. And (laughs) I want to say, actually just taking a little mini detour here. Last week on the show, I talked about how I had a crush on uh, Travis, Stephanie's husband, and I thought he was attractive. And wow, wow, Stephanie, wow. I heard from so many of you who also have a crush on Travis. And I'm not alone. I felt so supported. And I was so shocked and surprised and happy to find that so many of you also felt the same way about Travis and felt that he's very attractive. So Travis has a lot of love around here, uh, but it was just nice to hear that. So Stephanie and Brandy, they need to talk about this haunted house stuff. The This was interesting to me that they're going to the haunted house, but I don't know where it really fit in. It seemed like a weird event to do on the Housewives because also at a haunted house situation, it's not like... There's a whole lot of talking time. And so even later in the episode, which we'll get to, it felt like they were finding, having to find creative ways to have conversations because they were in a haunted house. It was weird. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just, it was weird. Anyway, we have Leanne's bachelorette party. Her wedding planner, Steve, was there doing a lot of hat work. 
Tiffany and Carrie, old Carrie, were there again. Leanne revealed that she got her hands filled, which was new. I didn't even know this was a thing. She got her hands filled with filler. That was the thing she did at Carrie's office. And she got some injectables in her hands, which good for her. I'm happy that anyone should do whatever they want with their body. But it was just not something I had heard of. I didn't even know that was an option. And so now that that's on the table, I'm like looking down at my hands. and I'm like, oh, well, if I ever need that, at least I know I can do it. Because Leanne told me. They're just hands. <laughs> They're just hands. I'll never get over that. Anyway, then uh, Cameron implies to the old Carrie that her and Stephanie still aren't good. Again, I, I she says Stephanie's being fake, and I just was confused because I was like, I thought they made up. Cameron said, we agreed to move forward, but I'm not moving forward anymore. Which, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I do love Steve's wedding planner, and I love all the gays that were there. And what I especially love was all the drag queens, which I, in general, love a drag queen. I think drag queens are the most entertaining people on earth. And if you ever get a chance to go out and support your drag queens, please go do it. Tip them well. Tip your drag queens. They work hard for that money. So if you're going to drag brunch this weekend, just think in your head. Danny said to tip them well. So grab out your fives, your tens, your twenties, whatever you can afford to tip them. You tip them well when they're singing Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey for you. Okay, they're working hard for that money. So you get out those dollar bills and you tip them. You tip those drag queens. Let me say it again. You tip those drag queens. They deserve that money. They work for it. And they need the tip money. They deserve it. They deserve it. So tip your drag queens. Get out the cash. Get out the dollar bills. Go to the ATM machine. If you find yourself at a drag brunch or a drag bar, and you're saying, I don't have any cash. Excuse yourself for a moment. Go to the ATM machine and get some cash out for those drag queens. And if you can only get out 10s or 20s, you give that drag queen a 10 or a 20. They are performing for you. Anyway, that's that's my little... Justice for drag queens. Anyway, the drag queens were really funny to me because Leanne was like sitting on this throne. And it was such a bizarre setup because normally in any of those situations, like... The drag queen would be performing for everyone else, but in this case, it's like Leanne wanted everyone to look at her, but then she also wanted to hire drag queens. <laughs> so, so she was like sitting there, and the drag queens had to perform around her, and it was almost like they were all having to take the attention away from Leanne, who was sitting on a throne with a crown. And so the crowd didn't know where to look. Do they look at the drag queens? Do they look at Leanne? It was very a uh, bizarre setup. Everyone was just faced at Leanne. The setup was just so bizarre. Then there was a cake that was brought out, which was just a Leanne Barbie riding a dick. <laughs> See, again, this is where the, the uh, bachelorette party is the place for all dick paraphernalia. A cake, a straw, whatever you need. Whatever you need. Then, uh, let's see, Carrie pulls aside Leanne and asks why she... <laughs> She asked why she wasn't invited to the wedding. And Leanne's like, you weren't invited? I thought it was Austin the man. And then Leanne does this thing that was so clearly a lie. She lied. <laughs> I could be wrong, but it, to me, it looked like such a lie where she was telling Carrie that her wedding invite got lost in the mail. And it was so funny to me. This cracked me up of Leanne just telling Carrie, the new one, like, oh, your invite got lost in the mail. So did so many others. And it was like, come on. I don't think this happened. I don't think it happened. Leanne and her confessional also had those Chanel earrings, which I feel like we've been seeing a lot on Bravo. We've been seeing the Chanel earrings, the Chanel necklace quite a bit. I think Mariah Married to Medicine either has the earrings or the necklace. I've been seeing the Chanel a lot, the Chanel jewels, which I like it a lot. It's just I noticed Leanne had it, and we've been seeing it everywhere else. Leanne also, when Carrie was talking to her, I just thought she should have told Carrie to fuck off. It was like her bachelorette party, and Carrie was coming in hot. And I think that that's Carrie's personality, and that's good for a housewife. But if I was Leanne, I'd be like, ugh, get out of here. Like, don't ruin my bachelorette party. Leanne said, I fucked a lot of frogs. I fucked a lot of frogs. <laughs> the wedding's about me, not Deandra, and I fucked a lot of frogs. <laughs> uh, and then Leanne said it was um, in regards to Deandra not being invited to the wedding. She said that Rich wasn't over it. And then the editors, the brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, did a flashback to Rich saying he was over it. And that made me laugh. <laughs> Leanne was using a lot of her hands, too. Did you notice that she kept moving her hands around so much as she was talking? It was like an Italian. I felt like she was talking, looking at an Italian woman or an Italian man. I talk a lot with my hands. Italians, we do. But Leanne was like really going in with the hands. And then... Then Leanne said, as she was uh, in regards to the Carrie DeAndre situation, she said, when you give me action, you get a motherfucking invitation. Until then, go stand in the vasectomy line. 
And let me just repeat that. She said, until then, go stand in the vasectomy line. And then Carrie, the old Carrie, said, what does the vasectomy have to do with this? And then Leanne says, no clue, but it sounds good. And this is the problem that I'm having with Leanne this season. It's like, it doesn't feel as natural as it always once did. Like, that is something, and she did it one, once other, one other time this season where it was like a random line that didn't seem to fit. And I love a line that can go on a t-shirt or a pillow. I do. But I felt this way with uh, Dorinda in New York a few seasons ago when Dorinda was doing the clip situation. To me, that felt like, or even when Dorinda did the write it, the say it, forget it, write it, regret it, or whatever, those feel like times when Dorinda's trying to get something on a pillow. It doesn't feel like it just happens naturally. And this felt like that with Leanne for me. It was like the vasectomy thing. It didn't make any sense. And it's clear that she had that in her head at some point. And so it just felt like, uh, is this just a random crazy thing to say to like get on a mug? <laughs> and I love Leanne. I love her so, so much. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes she has these gems, which are just, I hear and I'm like, oh my God, that's so good in a confessional or whatever. But then other times it does feel like a little fakey to me. I hate this week. I feel like I'm talking badly about Orange County and Dallas this week. And I don't like that. I just don't. I want to love all of these shows. You guys, I did see the New Jersey premiere, though, and it's fantastic. Neither here nor there, but I just had to throw that out. Anyway, then we get to this Hill House Manor. This is the haunted house. Again, a lot of effects. They were putting red eyes into the statues. There was weird music. Linda is the owner. I love a Linda. My mom's a Linda. Dan, what are you talking about the haunted house for? <laughs> um, I love a Linda, though. And... She says that ghost hunters come into this house. Brandy reveals that she saw a ghost of her grandma with a cigarette at the end of her bed at one point. I think there was just a woman at the end of Brandy's bed with a cigarette. It was like a nanny or a cleaning lady or something. Brandy said there was a woman at the end of her bed when she was younger smoking a cigarette. I guarantee you that was just like one of her mom's friends that just like wandered to the room after a few drinks and was smoking a cigarette while Brandy was sleeping. Like, I don't know that that was a ghost. I think that was just some woman that was in Brandy's house. Clean, uh, it was a cleaning lady who was taking a break, wanted a cigarette, and didn't realize Brandy was sleeping in bed. And so she was smoking a cig at the end of the bed, and Brandy's like, that's my grandma. <laughs> I, that's, I, that's how I feel. But maybe she saw a ghost. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Brandy's seen a ghost. Then uh, everyone goes to this ghost thing. I don't know. Leanne said about the ghosts that ghosts are bullshit. She said, I grew up in a carnival, and we tried to convince y'all that shit was real. <laughs> And then she also said, this is kind of, uh, this kind of shit is witchery. She's, it's also anti-religious. It goes against humanity. It's witchery. Bull, ghosts are bullshit, she said. And look, I, I love that confessional. See, though, that was a moment from Leanne that made me laugh and smile. It just was funny to hear her talk like that. And that seemed natural to me. The vasectomy thing didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. And Lisa, this woman who was running the haunted, uh, this woman who has arrived to run the haunted house, she looked like someone I took classes with at Groundlings. She was the medium or whatever. I swear I know her from the Groundlings. I did years of Groundlings, which is a sketch comedy theater here in LA. I did years there, and I swear this woman was straight out of the Groundlings. I know I took a class from her. I played zip zap zap with this woman. I'm certain of it. I don't know that it's the same woman, but I swear it looks just like someone I played Zip Zap Zap with at a Groundlings class doing improv. So then uh, then the women are all talking about this ghost stuff. And Cameron says that she was contacted by a dog via an Ouija board. And I wish we had that on film. I would have liked to seen Cameron get contacted by her, her dog via an Ouija board. And I would also like to recommend that on The Real Housewives of New York, we get Tinsley an Ouija board for next season, and we see a scene of her trying to contact Bambi. Because I think that's an important thing to do. And then this Lisa woman says, one of the women asks if the ghosts will come and have sex with you. And this Lisa medium woman, or, or, or I don't know her exact title, but she says that ghosts don't have sex. And I thought about that story, do you remember a few months ago when it was revealed in People uh, that Billy Lee said she had sex with a ghost? Billy Lee from Vanderpump Rules said she had sex with the ghost. And then also on Grey's Anatomy, it was a storyline with Izzy. Izzy had sex with the ghost of Denny at some point. So i just like to say in pop culture that that's not a thing. We learned this episode that that's not a thing. So then Lisa gives them these crystals that are supposed to shine. They have this camera crew growing around in this haunted house. 
Then Carrie and Leanne fight, the new Carrie and Leanne fight a little bit and talk about their pasts again. Carrie said she was going to clubs at 14 or 15. Then Leanne says she was having sex at that age. And uh, they're talking about their history again. It seems like something more is brewing with Leanne and Carrie that we're just scratching the surface on. I'm very excited for it to come to light just because it's, to me, it's so, we, we're seeing the like little inklings of it. And it's like something, I think something more happened or something because it seems like they throw these little digs at each other, but there's some, or, or there's some sort of animosity towards each other. So I, I don't know what it is exactly, but they clearly hate each other, I think. Clearly hate each other. So then Deandra and Brand, you're upstairs. There was like a thing with a ball. I don't know. I didn't really, I don't know. I don't Then that's the end of the episode, you guys. There wasn't a lot this week on Housewives. This week was a little bit bland all around on Housewives. I feel that Orange County episode was just a lot of yelling and whistles sounds. And then on Dallas, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not loving Dallas this season. Again, I don't want to be too pessimistic about it because I still think it's great TV and it's better than most things on TV. It's just there doesn't seem to be a whole lot there yet. And that's coming from me who every season I tell you guys that Dallas is the best show on TV, but right now I'm not loving it. So I'm hoping that it turns around and I still love a lot that's there. It just, it doesn't seem like we have a hook. And I hope to see more of that Deandra and Mama D stuff because I feel like that's good TV. Um, but for now, that's the episode, you guys. I love you all so much for listening. Let's do a little cool down because this was a lot of housewife talk. So let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in and hold it. And think of something you loved that happened this week, whether it be a situation at work or with your friends. Breathe out. Now just think of something good that happened and just remind yourself that there's a lot of good going on. And you sometimes have to look and and find all the good stuff that's going on, but it's there. And I love you all so much for listening and please have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.